Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, this evening we are going to be discussing the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami, Anucheta 102. Bhagavan can be realized through devotion alone. So in this uh, Anucheta, Sri Jiva Goswami is going to be uh, citing three verses from the prayers of Amsuman, uh, which were offered to Sri Kapila. Uh, a little background. Amsuman is a uh, grandson of King Sagara, and King Sagara was performing a, ho a horse sacrifice. And as sometimes happens, Indra is a little cautious of anyone performing horse sacrifices and, and accumulating uh, vast amounts of piety from such sacrifices, because perhaps their piety would exceed his, and he would not be in a position to be the king of heaven anymore. So in this particular instance, uh, Indra stole uh, the horse. In, I'm not, Indra stole the horse for the horse sacrifice, and he uh, he tethered it at the ashram of uh, Lord Kapila, who was sitting in trance. And King Sagara's sons went to seek out that horse so that his their father could perform the horse sacrifice and, of course, receive the benefits. And they found it at Lord Kapila's ashram. And Lord Kapila was in trance, so he couldn't properly receive them when they came. And they didn't recognize Lord Kapila as anything but um, a yogi, someone posing as a yogi who actually was just a thief of a horse. So when there was some commotion, it, enough to bring Lord Kapila out of his trance of samadhi, and when he opened his eyes, he burnt the sons of King Sagara. He burnt them up, their bodies. So later on, Amsuman, he... Uh, he wanted to trace out his lost uncles, and he, in his investigation, he came to the ashram of Lord Kapila, Sri Kapila, and he recognized the transcendental position of Lord Kapila, and therefore these prayers that are going to be used as a praman by Srila Jiva Goswami um, are prayers that were offered by Ams, Amsuman, the grandson of King Sagara, uh, to Lord Kapila. So the Anucheta begins as follows. Amsuman stated in three verses that those of highly refined discrimination, having become acquainted with theoretical knowledge of Sri Krishna, experienced experience him directly exclusively through the cultivation of devotion. And then Lord Kapila quotes the first of the three prayers that he's going to use as Brahman. That 
This is from the ninth canto of the Bhagavatam, eighth chapter. Even to this day, the unborn Brahma is unable to see or understand you, who are beyond the self, either through samadhi or reasoning. How then could other living beings, who have evolved from his mind, body, and intellect, do so? Or even we, who have no illumination? Then Sri Yuva Goswami proceeds to give his his uh, commentary on this particular sloka from the Bhagavatam. The unborn Brahma neither sees nor comprehends you even to this day. So then, what kind of being are you? You are the one who is beyond the individual self, namely the indwelling Paramatma. And Brahma is unable to know you or see you even by which means, even by trance, samadhi, or by logic, yukti. This means that he is unable to see you directly, even by absorption in trance on Brahman, nor is he able to understand you completely, even just indirectly through reasoning. Then how can those of recent appearance see or know you. The reason for their being of recent appearance is that they are created by Brahma's mind, body, and intellect, intelligence, which are products of the gunas of uh, translucent, diamasism, and inertia, and which in various species, such as gods, subhumans, and humans. Moreover, how can we who have no illumination, who are devoid of knowledge, see you. This is the import of the verse. So basically the verse is, uh, Amsuman is saying in the verse, uh, here I am in your presence, but I can't really know you, your complete transcendental position. Brahma can't even understand you. Uh, and he's the creator of the universe. And he can't understand you by entering into samadhi or by uh, inference, yukta, logic. He can't really know you fully. Uh, so how can any of, any of the living entities within a universe that he creates know you? So Amsaman is, is saying this prayer from the perspective of the conditioned soul within the material world. What hope do I have of really understanding you? Brahma cannot understand you. Now remember, this last Anucheta is going in a direction, a direction that there's only one way that anyone can fully or even partially know the supreme absolute truth, and that is by devotion. Now one will argue, well, Brahma has devotion, but in this particular the context of this sloka, what Amsuman is presenting is the position of Brahma, not of Brahma as a de the devotional Brahma that we're aware of, but as Brahma as, a, as the creator of the universe. So it has to be seen in that context to be understood. 
So any attempt to understand the Lord without pure devotion is like licking the outside of a honey jar. So even for Brahma, without devotion, there's no question of knowing the Lord. And even Brahma is bewildered by the Lord, as we know from the Brahma Vimohan Leela. He thinks he knows him, and then all of a sudden, he doesn't, he recognizes others may say they know, even his prayers at that time, when he finally came to his senses, what did he say? Others may say that they know you, but the fact of the matter is, I can't even, I could never claim such a thing. This is not possible. Look at what you just did. You just manifested yourself as all the cows and calves and cowherd boys, and then as all the Vishnus, and then of all the Vishnus being worshipped by all the inhabitants of all the universes. I, I can't, I thought I knew you, but really there's... I'm not even I'm not even beginning to have a, a glimpse into your unlimited potencies and the nature of your true self. The Anucheta continues with the second verse. Do any other others see him then? If Brahma can't see in the living is there is there anybody else that could possibly see and understand the supreme absolute truth? In response, Amsuman says, and this is the next verse in his prayers, the embodied beings being dominated by the three gunas and whose intelligence is bewildered by your maya perceive only material objects made of those gunas or something or sometimes nothing other than darkness. They are unable to see you situated in their hearts because they see only the external world. Srila Jiva Goswami explains this sloka a little more deeply. Although you are fully situated within them, being the Paramatma of every living entity, the embodied beings do not know you. So Brahma, said, Brahma can't know you and the embodied Living beings, they also cannot know you. They see only the gunas. Or in other words, the external objects made of the gunas. And sometimes they see nothing other than darkness. Deep sleep. So there's these three states of consciousness. Wakefulness, sleeping, and deep sleep. So during wakefulness and sleep, there's the interaction with the gunas, the, the modes of material nature. But sometimes there's only darkness during deep sleep. There's no awareness of anything whatsoever, except when you wake up, maybe you'll think, I had a good night's rest. This means that when operating predominantly, un, predominantly under the influence of the intellect, Booty, which is formed of the three gunas, they can see only the objects of the waking and dream states because they are dependent on this booty. In deep sleeps, however, when booty is non-operational, 
they see only ignorance and not the products of the gunas. Then a footnote here. Uh, this absence of booty during deep sleep uh, does not mean that what is perceived is the nirguna state. So understand it's a distinction between deep sleep and actually being free of the gunas altogether. Uh, so we need to uh, keep that in mind. In truth, they do not see you who are the self of all selves and free from the three gunas. The reason for all of this, this is that their consciousness is bewildered by your maya. So the question is, can anybody see? And the answer's been given here. Now in the commentary, there's reference to a, a verse from the 11th canto, uh, the instructions uh, when Lord Krishna is instructing Uddhava, commonly known as the Uddhava Gita. And it it further elaborates and give us, gives us a little bit more insight to these three states. Wait, this is from uh, 13th chapter of the 11th canto. Waking, sleeping, and deep sleep, the three functions of the intellect, intelligence, are caused by the three gunas. The jiva is ascertained to be different from these straits three states, since it is only the witness of them. And this is the commentary of Srila uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Actually, there is no relation of the pure jiva with his sense objects and material consciousness. Giving up the false identity is giving them both up. Then he quotes another verse from the Uddhava Gita in his commentary to further explain this. One should know that wakefulness is born of the mode of goodness, dreams of the mode of passion, and deep dreamless sleep from the mode of ignorance. The fourth element, pure consciousness, is different from these three and pervades them. Turiya. Turiya is that fourth state of consciousness. I'm sorry, Turiya is the three states of consciousness and pure consciousness is beyond the three, Turiya. Thus the gunas are the cause of the three states of intelligence, consciousness. The jiva is different from them. It is without these three states. Why? It is confirmed that it is a mere witness of those states. And now to the conclusion of the Bhagavat Sandarbha. Jiva Goswami continues, Even then, if the Lord says, Will you know me? You will know me through deliberation. We reply, Not so. You are not accessible to the knowledge-acquiring facility of people like us. So this is a dialogue that Jiva's put in his Anucheta to say, well, maybe Krishna would retort, well, you just said that no one can know me, but why not? The Lord says, you will know me through deliberation. And we reply, meaning the jivas, the living entities, 
Aumsuman being representative of them. No, not so. You are not accessible to the knowledge-acquiring facility of people like us, but only to devotees. To express this, Amsuman said, this is the third verse from those prayers to Lord Kapila. Oh, my Lord, how can I, an ignorant person, conceive of you who are the embodiment of condensed awareness and can be contemplated in the heart only by sages, such as the four Kumaras, who have cast off the illusion of duality generated by the three gunas of material nature through establishment in the self or through your own devotion. Jiva Goswami continues and explains, How can I conceive of you, who are the abode of innumerable transcendental potencies which are replete with extraordinary functional capacities. What is your nature? You are a condensed awareness, which is to say that your form is the personification of eternity, consciousness, and unlimited bliss. Therefore, in the Sahasranamastotra, you are called Anirdesha, Vapu, or one whose body cannot be defined. The sense is this, because your form is constituted entirely of consciousness, you cannot be the object of consciousness. And even if you could be understood through deliberation, I am unable to think of you because I am overpowered by the gunas of maya. So in all three of these prayers, Amsuman is taking the position of the jiva within the material nature. And he's he says, Brahma can't know you, I can't know you, and I'm just an ignorant person. Now, the Kamaras, um, they can have some awareness uh, because they've cast off the illusion of duality. But then the key to the whole presentation here is through establishment in the self or through your own devotion. So this brings us back to the very beginning, to the Tattvasandarbha, where what is the real what is the real essence that's presented in the Bhagavatam? The essence is the, the trance, the samadhi of Srila Vyasudeva. It's based upon that trance, which was granted to him through devotion, the devotional medium in his case being his spiritual master, Narada. So the case being made here is without that, there's no possibility of one having any knowledge of you, even if he's a Brahma. 
the creator of a universe. And even our Brahma, who is the creator of this universe and the head of our Sampradaya, when, when it really gets to down to fully understanding you as you are, he can have some knowledge by your grace. You certainly gave him knowledge at, at, at the beginning of the creation. You gave him a revelation of you, yourself at that time. But he, even he admits that full and comprehensive knowledge is bewildering to him at times, even though he has some bhakti, some facility through devotion to understand you. But even with that understanding, he became bewildered as evidenced in your Braj Leela. The Lord raises an objection. So the Amsuman has said, well, no one can know you. But then Jiva Goswami poses an argument on the Lord's behalf. The Lord raises an objection. But then what is the proof that I am actually like that? Amsuman answers. So Jiva extends Amsuman's response from the Bhagavatam himself in this Anucheta. You are meditated upon and directly realized by sages, such as Sananda and others, who know the reality of Bhagavan and have shattered the delusion created by the divisions generated out of the gunas of nature. They have cast off this delusion through bhava, which means either through your devotion or through awareness of or establishment bhava in the self. So here, Jiva is out of kindness, also saying that there can be some knowledge of you through awareness of the self, meaning Brahmati, as as accomplished by the Gyanis. They have this desire, primarily. But again, without a pinch of devotion, they're not successful. So properly executed, they can have some awareness of you. So this takes us back to that verse in the Bhagavatam commented upon by Vishwanath Chakravarti. That really the Brahman, the Brahmavadis, they do have an experience of the Lord's form that gives them the opportunity to recognize Brahman. They do engage in some bhakti when the process is properly executed. But then what happens? They retract their hook-like mind, yes, from that form of the Lord, which gave them that experience of the Lord, because the whole goal 
of their process is one of an analogy is given to further allow us to understand what Amsuman has presented. Owls may not accept that the sun has the attribute of light. They're known for closing their eyes during the day. But it is everyone else's experience that it does. The sun creates light. The owls, what sun, what to speak of light. Similarly, ordinary people of modern vision, contemporary vision, may not accept that you have various extraordinary attributes. But is, it is the direct experience of your realized devotees that you do. So the atheistic class, they can keep their eyes closed and they can certainly say, show me God. What is his form? I mean, that's the first thing the atheist generally comes out of his mouth when, you know, he meets a theist. Well, show me God, show me your God. Well, you don't have the eyes to see. The Shruti confirms, conforms, confirms this, such as the Shrutis. Now, Srila Jiva Goswami is going to give some further evidence regarding the whole concept of devotion being the only means. The self-born Supreme Lord, this is from the Katha Upanishad, created the senses to perceive external objects. And therefore, one sees them and not the indwelling self. Only a sober person desiring liberation turns his vision inward and sees the indwelling self. And again, another Shruti, only Bhakti leads to him. Only Bhakti reveals him. The Supreme Lord is controlled by Bhakti. Bhakti is the only potent means. And also, again from the Kathu Upanishad, the Supreme Lord is not attained through study, nor through the intellect, nor through hearing many scriptures. Only he whom the Lord chooses attains him. Unto him the Lord reveals himself. Sure. Um, in the last class, I thought you were, um, the Jiva Goswami said, the only way to know the Lord is through scripture. These two Anuchetas go together to give the full package. The f first package is having knowledge of the Lord. That's available through scripture. And the second part of it is this final Anucheta is what? To have the experience of the Lord. So, and that's only available through devotion. Many people can read scripture. Even it's a paroshe, it it's, it's not from material. It's not, it has no material source. It's non-human. Still, will they understand? No, they have to be blessed by bhakti. So that's the point. Yes, he can only be known through scripture, 
but he can only be realized by people that he gives that realization to. And he also gives that facility of providing that realization to his dear most devotees. So the spiritual master can also grant you some some personal awareness uh, of the Supreme. So Brahma, he, he gave us senses, but the senses that the living entities have are only outgoing. They're made to perceive the gunas of material nature, the objects of material nature. He didn't give us inward-looking senses. And even during the waking and dreaming states, the senses are still only dealing with the gunas. But the Supreme Self, he can be understood through bhakti, the Lord's internal potency. This Lord Krishna also states, again back to the Uddhava Gita, only through pure devotion coupled with faith can I be understood and realized. And then there's an interesting comment, and this is from the commentary. It's nicely presented. One can smell with the nose. And here through the year, one can see the Lord only through bhakti. So there is a, a sense that we can use, but we have to be graced by bhakti. Bhakti is what? It's completely independent. We can go to Vishwanath Chakravarti's Madhurya Kadambani. Bhakti makes that perception available um, at her own discrimination. She 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 can only be granted, granted by bhakti. Bhakti gives bhakti. Brahma didn't give us a facility for bhakti with these material bodies. Pramanjana chodita bhakti vilochadena santa sadaiva hridayeshu vilokayanti And I wanted to of course, the verse quoted here is from the Uddhava Gita, and I wanted to read some from the commentary to that verse, which further explains it by Vishwanath. I'm going to read Vishwanath's commentary. This is from the 14th chapter of the 11th canto, Uddhava Gita. Only by bhakti with full faith can the devotees obtain me. Paramatma, the object of love. Bhakti fixed in me purifies even a dog-eater of his low birth. It was an interesting commentary, and I'll read it to you. The word yatha in the previous verse may indicate to some people that other processes also lead to attainment of the Lord, though they are not as effective. This verse counters that idea. I am obtained by bhakti alone, not by other processes. Though it is heard that by jnan one can attain Brahman, it should be understood that the secondary bhakti without jnan gives the attainment of Brahman. So this is Vishwanath commentary. Yes, the last verse said that by jnan one could have realization of Brahman, but this verse counters it. And the reality is 
Bhakti is giving the realization, the revelation of Brahman. Simply having spiritual knowledge in and of itself, although the jnani thinks, I'm going to attain a Brahman by acquiring all this knowledge, but the fact of the matter is, without the grace of Bhakti, all of his labor will be useless. It will be like what is as put forth, I believe it was by Brahma, like uh, trying to beat and get some grain from a, the empty husk. This gyan and karma cannot produce attainment of the Lord. They are useful only in destroying sin. So they have some some use. Of course, karma is attainment of, of perfection in life, I guess you could say, is the attainment going to the heavenly planets, living forever, you know, attaining all the mystic opulences, uh, and gyan, of course. So these two processes, they are good at eradicating uh, sin and raising one to the, the level of sattva within the modes of material nature, not sudasattva, which is free of the modes of material nature. But they are not even as powerful in destroying sin as bhakti is. Thus, the second half of this sloka, bhakti fixed in me purifies even a dog-eater of his low birth. So even that karma yoga or jnana yoga or a stanga yoga, which all can be helpful in destroying sin, can't do it as well as bhakti. It is expressed in these last two lines, as expressed in the last two lines of the verse. Bhakti purifies even a dog-eater from the contamination of low birth. This is the meaning given by Sridhar Swami. So here Vishwanath in his commentary is also relying on the commentary of Sridhar Swami, the great commentator on Srimad Bhagavatam of yore. This means that Bhakti destroys the parabda sins, effects of karma destined to be experienced in this life. Proceeds on in the commentary of Sachin Das Babaji. Srila Jiva Goswami concludes by citing a verse from Katha Upanishad which declares that only those who are blessed by the Lord can understand him. This is his hidden blessing for the faithful reader. Here the reader receives the Lord's or the author's blessing so he or she can understand the analysis of absolute presented in Bhagavat Sandarbha and thus cross the ocean of miseries. Sri Brahma spoke a similar verse while instructing Narada about the Lord's various avatars. So a similar blessing verse. Only those to whom the infinite Lord has bestowed his grace, who have taken refuge in his feet, with their whole being, without any vested interest, are able to cross his maya, which is very difficult to transcend, and not those who identify themselves with the body, which is food for dogs and jackals, 
and who think it is think of it as their own in this way brahma and bhagavan have been described i'm sorry brahman now this is a concluding remark of the actual anacheda jiva goswami said in this way i've explained brahman and bhagavan thus ends bhagavat sandarbha the second volume of bhagavata sandarbha called sat sandarbha which is written written according to the instructions of Sri Rupa and Srila Sanatan, who are revered members of the universal royal order of Vaishnavas. This is Jiva Goswami praising Rupa and Sanatan. They are unalloyed servants of the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the purifier of the Jivas in Kali Yuga, who descended to distribute the benediction of his own service. Thus we have discussed Bhagavat Siddhartha for some hundred plus evenings. Thank you. And uh, we will continue on to the Paramatma Siddhartha. Are there any questions on this final Anucheta? It's an interesting Anucheta to use in closing and to use as evidence to the efficacy of bhakti but uh, jiva found some some real essence in this particular these three verses from the bhagavatam any questions if not i'll thank you for your association and uh, we'll continue with the uh, paramatma sandarbha next time we are together